0: You believe that the space we surround ourselves in matters and you're committed to project by project building a better world
1: for all of us.
0: If you're with me. Let's get architecting. People
1: generally are you know pretty understanding and they can they will work with you. But if you want hide and you know that's not going to be pretty. it's going to be you know worse. After work with them through a couple of situations, they are much better. You know, they feel better. but They they are much more open. When things not going well, they will tell you. And then we all share our experience and we give them each other, you know, suggestions, advice, and just work, work through it. And interestingly, some of those clients, after you work through, they actually trust you even more than the typical, you know, clients. Everything goes well and, you know. So it's um, it give us a confidence, give give our team member confidence. Okay, so something happened. Like next time, I I can handle it.
0: I am really excited today to bring you this amazing interview with Jing Johnson of Prism Renderings. Jing is an architect. She has degrees from both China and the U.S. as well as an MBA. And she's worked in many large firms in both China and the U.S. And then she took a big turn in her career. She made some very courageous and bold decisions. And she's going to share with us how she built her company Prism Renderings from the ground up based on a different philosophy of what work should look like and really having the core values of work-life balance and trust and development of team. I think you're going to really enjoy her insights into how to collaborate as high-performing teams, how to cultivate client loyalty, even in difficult situations, and how to keep learning and evolving. So give a warm welcome to Jing Johnson.
1: Hi Jing. Hi Angela, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I love your
0: career path story and how you got from the work you were doing early in your career to having your own business. So can you share a little bit of that background with the audience?
1: I grew up in a family with both parents are structural engineers. And uh, so that's all I knew about architecture building industry. So my brother and I naturally chose that a career as an architect uh, when we you know, need to pick a major for college. And that's what we did. I got my bachelor and master degrees in China in architecture and worked there for a couple of years. Um, and I decided to move here. You know, I was comfortable. I knew what my life or career looked like in down the, you know, a few years down the road. I feel I need something more adventurous. So I decided to come here, get my master's degrees uh, in Houston, uh, Texas. After I graduated, um, I worked in a couple of uh, architecture firms. And 2005, I had two little ones two boys five and eight years old and I was struggling with my career and motherhood so I decided to start my own business uh, start I actually went back to school get my MBA because I had no business background or training and that's that's the beginning of my journey as a business owner
0: you were able to say you know I have a certain amount of success, but I'm not really on the path I want to be on. What skills do I need? And, oh, an MBA would be a big benefit. And you know, Not many people would be willing to embrace going in a new direction. What insights do you have about why that was the right thing to do and what
1: went into making that decision? At the time when I was at the architecture firm, working mostly in the commercial you know production you know uh, construction documents. I can do the work, but I'm not like I'm the people person. I love to talk to people and it was not just hiding behind the computer. It was not me. I'm not like super happy about where my career is going. But at the same time, we had a client um, potential client approach our firm as a medium-sized firm in houston from china and they are trying to build a hospital private hospital in china and they are looking for u.s a u.s architecture firm to design their buildings and they almost uh, they're about to sign a contract with another firm somehow they go introduced to our firm I don't know what uh, the owner saw in me because I was not the only person, you know, speak Chinese in that firm. But somehow he saw something in me. He said, well, Jean, why don't you talk to them? That was the beginning of the whole thing. Get started. I just... I hold her hand, basically explain about what contract is about, um, all the proposal. Because they are in the tech sector, they have never built a hospital, even use the architecture service before. So they, they didn't know what they are sign. You know, they're about to sign. So I was trying to explain to her what is it involved, what the whole scope involved. And she just trusts me so much that she decided to go with our team that's uh, the beginning of a, you know, later on eight projects uh, with that uh, client. And that really make me, I feel alive. (laughs) Basically, you know, I I feel so, I I add so much value to the process. And I I am happy that um, she can connect with me, feel that I can, she can trust me that with this, uh, uh, you know, big um, assignment. That's how I feel. Even now with my business, I, I always feel you know, so energetic by talking to business owners, design principles, or developers, find out their need and find a solution that fit their needs. It's just most fulfilling, uh, awarding experience to me, much better than I'm just hiding behind the, you know, computer doing my, you know, construction documents. I
0: love what you said about the meaning, finding meaning in what you do, because so often people feel like, well, you know you gotta take the good with the bad and you nothing's ever perfect. so you just have to kind of suck it up and do what you're quote unquote supposed to do versus mm-hmm. you really had an opportunity to have an experience with a client that opened your eyes to what you love about what you do.
1: Yeah I'm, I was so grateful for that opportunity to you know find out my passion, my purpose. So, for other
0: people who are just kind of right now checking the boxes, right? They're doing yeah. what they think they're supposed to do, and maybe they're competent at it and it's good enough. What tips would you give them to help them really connect with their true passion?
1: I think in architecture, you know, world is difficult because we go, we went through school much harder than other, you know, major or career choice. And I think people put so much effort in their degree and, you know, just go through that difficult journey and feel like they can never give up, you know, because that's what it's supposed to be because I pay my dues or I did all the hard work. I need to stay in this Profession and um, which is not true. There's so many other choices out there now, especially nowadays. You know, I started my business 17 years ago, but you know now there's so many more resources uh, out there, like your your podcast, your training program that can help people realize. Wait a minute, I can sit back and just look at my options. I'm not. This is not only options. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe after all your research and and so searching you know you find this is a true your true passion you want to stay there which is great but before you make that lifetime decision why don't you look at other options and um you know see what's out there
0: yeah be fearless about saying do I really want to do this I think so often people play it safe and that actually works to their disadvantage
1: yeah and also just open up to talk to more people. I recently talked to a client of mine who works for a developer client. She is in their design, you know, architecture design manager um, position. She used to work for a big firm, a very well-known firm. I asked her, I always, I'm always curious about how people choose their journey, how, you know, they land where they are. And so I asked her that question. I said, why you, you know, that was a really good firm. Looks like you are on the trajectory, a good promotion could be potential, you know, career development and why you change to work for a developer. And what she told me shocked me because uh, I always thought highly of that firm. Um, she said, one day I was thinking about my career development. I was looking at all my, my supervisor, this associate principal or principal, you know, every, everybody is miserable. <laughs> And I I was like, really? She said, I just, I don't want to be there. You know, why 10 years from now on, I don't want to be like that. I want to find something different. And now I have a, you know, I'm in a position I can make a decision. I can make a, help my boss to make a better decision because of my architecture background. She's a registered architect. I mean, she's very happy with where she is now. So it's just like, Uh, There's a lot of choices out there. Architecture firm is the only one of the choices. Yeah. And thank you for
0: saying that, because (laughs) I think often a lot of people buy into success looking a certain way and they Mm -hmm. might have a role model they're following or some famous architect and that's what they think it looks like. Mm -hmm. But success is really about living your purpose. And as long as you're doing that, you're successful. But if you're not, then you are miserable. And there's a big myth out there that you have to work really, really, really hard to be successful. And I think a lot of people are already feeling overtaxed and they're like, I, I just don't have the capacity. Why would I want to play in the big leagues? Mm-hmm. How could I be doing world-changing work? It's exhausting. I don't want that. There's no quality of life in that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be from outside, you look very successful in your position or title. But inside, if it's a, you know, you have to sacrifice your your purpose, your happiness, that's not the way it's supposed to be right yeah it's it, it is a uh, very very interesting and i also think architects architecture is such a you know special profession and all the trainings you have And all the experience you have were problem solvers, right? So even you are not in a practice architecture, you go to a different uh, industry or different position, you can still use all that um, skills or, you know, the thinking thought process and all the, you know, knowledge and skill set you have acquired from the school to where you work. You can still carry that to a different industry. You could be very innovative. The same thing you are doing in architecture, everybody does the same thing. But if you go to a different industry, it might be innovation, you know, for another industry. So I just think, you know, there's there's so many possibilities out there. Don't restrict yourself to just one. Yeah, that there definitely
0: are alternative career paths. Mm-hmm. And when you're living your purpose, it doesn't feel like work. It's fun. Yeah, and it yes. gives you energy. So that's mm-hmm. the litmus test when I work with a coaching client. It's mm-hmm. do you feel like your work depletes your energy or gives you energy? And that's it's how big difference. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you know. Yeah.
1: Yes. Uh-huh
0: you have been a really big advocate for women in the architecture profession and related professions um
1: mm-hmm.
0: what made you really take on this advocacy role
1: it's from my own story as i said um i started this business because so i can have that balanced work and life schedule i had projects going on every day but um i have my boys, all their school and the extra curriculum, you know, activities, I can just have that flexibility to schedule, you know, whatever direction pull me. And so I feel I was just freed, you know, from that, uh, you have to sit somewhere eight to five every day and not be able to take care of both things at the same time. So that's how I feel this business really gave me that opportunity to have fulfillment for both on both right in life and in in my career so when i start to grow my business hiring uh my employees my team members my first two they are with they are with me for eight years now over eight years the first two employees uh they are both moms and um i i got to know about them you know from the uh from my just inner circle and i offer that position to them and in the meantime i realized wait a minute i can use this business as a vehicle uh, to help other working moms doing the same that benefit me it can also benefit them benefit them so that become my mission now my boys are all you know grown Out of college, my passion is to help more younger moms do the same thing as I did. Yeah, I'd love to go a little deeper
0: with this whole mother thing. Because I can tell you from my own experience, I was a total perfectionist. And I remember when I had my daughter... Like I had to make the perfect birth announcements and I had to make them. I couldn't go buy them, right? And I think there's a lot of this perfectionism baked into Mm -hmm. our industry. Mm -hmm. But the minute you've got other things to do, you start to have to shift your priorities. And since a lot of family management as well as childcare often falls to women, Women have gotten really good at multitasking, but also being able to decide when something's good enough or prioritizing. And I think that gives them a very different perspective as leaders.
1: Yes, I totally agree about that. Um, I just think uh, women, that's why I think my team is like rock star <laughs> team. Because they are naturally a good manager because they have to manage their household and they have managing, you know, their client, our clients and projects. Um, They they are just really good at what they do. Uh, I, I think uh, working mom uh, is a, such a key contributor of, of our workspace.
0: Yeah. And I think in the world today we're starting to really value soft skills in a way that we never did in the past and Mm -hmm. a lot of what we're talking about here are those soft skills Mm -hmm. so in particular what are you looking for in someone who you see to have potential
1: to be a good worker to be a good leader for me it's integrity first And, uh, you know, just have that integrity and the personal value needs to align with our culture. We have our core value. That's how we, you know, look at the candidates and see if there's a good fit to our culture. And our culture is also very collaborative, friendly, and supportive. It's very important for us because every day we we might get a sick kid, you know, we will just go, you know, take care of your kids. Um there's another team member, step up, you know, just fill fulfill that uh role. We have a virtual team because we all work from work um, home office, uh, but we're a very close team. We support each other and always just thinking about the bigger picture, you know, how we can serve our clients better. It doesn't matter, you know, even, even it's not my role to do this, but if I can pick up the ball when my teammates out with a sick kid, um, that's a win for everybody. So that's it's in very important to be able to fit as um, cultural in our cultural really well. Yeah, that whole
0: shift from competition to collaboration. And I think some people still struggle with that. you know they still are in the comparison trap of where am I based on where other people are? So what advice do you have to help people get out of comparing and feel more safe
1: about collaborating? i I do have uh, a couple of uh, in the past a uh, couple of team members uh, had that uh, mindset working in traditional architecture firms. um I, I just have that you know more like a, a me about me, not about us, kind of a mentality. I think over time they they change too they they watch other team members. I always trying to be a good role model to my team. They're watching me, how I do, not what I say, what I do every day, right? For years, you can say something really fancy or sounds good, but if you don't act on it, it's not going to make any difference. So you have, as a leader, you have to model the right behavior. And then you always, I always give shout out to the team members who does act out of our core values. We actually now we have a team, you know, we always have weekly team meetings. So at the beginning of the meeting, we always have that attitude of gratitude. You know, we give each other a shout out, a team member or a client about uh, a certain event that they act out of our core value, a a specific core value. So we talk about, we are not just have a, you know, core value on the wall. We really live out of it every day
0: yeah that's so important it goes right back to the integrity which was foundational when you started your business that there be that walk the talk
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and also I think trust um I am very cautious when I start um hiring my team members I feel so for me I'm great so first of all I'm very grateful they joined me um, you know they can have so many other choices, um, but they decide to join me. I feel responsible for their, um, you know, their their job, not just a job, a career development, personal development. So I put a lot of effort on that. I first, you you need to trust them first, and you don't just wait for them to earn their trust. You have to trust first, and also. Whenever they there's a something not going well, you know with a client with a difficult client, you need to go, you know, just work with them. You don't just abandon them or throw them under the bus. You know you need to be stand out, take the responsibility as a leader and help them walk uh, work through you know the whole uh, situation. That's much more important than you know it's you know when things going well, you know, everybody you know is happy, trust each other. But when that's one thing's not going well, that's when you have an opportunity to earn that real trust. That's yeah, how-
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is so important because failure is where we learn, yet so many of us are afraid to fail. So I love mm-hmm. that you are creating that psychological safety for the people that work with you and even sharing stories and empathizing like, Yeah. This client will insult you. They'll tell you something is stupid, but don't take it personally. That can make a world of difference. I've said this before. We work in systemic codependency in the AEC industry. So our first reaction is to blame ourselves and go right to anger, guilt, or shame as a response so that you are addressing that before something happens, and talking about it post-meeting, that Mm -hmm. really helps someone to regulate their response to a difficult client.
1: Yes, Um, I mean, I have to learn that over the years myself, you know, when I made a mistake, you feel ashamed, you don't, you know, you feel, you don't feel good about yourself, you're trying to hide it, it's just a lot of unhealthy, you know, uh, feelings going on, as a leader, you have to learn and be better so you can show that, you know, it's okay. I mean, we are not perfect. Nobody's perfect, but some things will happen. There's things that out of our control, their clients are difficult to work with, but there's a way, there's always a way when you, we are authentic, uh, we, we, we show that we do care about their projects. So we want to be the problem solver for their project, whatever that specific uh, situation, and people generally are, you know, pretty understanding and they can, they will work with you. But if you want to hide and, you know, that's not going to be pretty, it's going to be, you know, worse. So just work through, you know, we have a couple of team members can be a little harder, you know, to get over that hump. But after work with them through a couple of situations, they are much better, you know, they feel better, they they are much more open. When things not going well, they will tell you, and then we all share our experience and we give them each other, you know, suggestions, advice, and just work work through it. And uh, interestingly, some of those clients, after you work through, they actually trust you even more than the typical, you know, clients, everything goes well and, you know, so it's um it gives us a confidence give give our team member confidence okay so something happened like next time I I can handle it <laughs> and I'm so glad you said that because
0: it's refreshing to a client when you actually hold your ground they hired you to be an expert and when you act like a waitress instead they don't always respect you mhm that's so true And I think women especially struggle with wanting the approval versus being authentic and being honest. So um, what have you kind of
1: learned over the years that you like to pass on about that? Being a business owner is such a humbling experience. I have to push myself out of my comfort zone to handle those situations. Um, But I you know, over the years after I worked through, you know, a few difficult situations with uh, with those clients. And I just feel, you know, I rather be open because we are people pleasers. You know, we are women. We really, truly care about our clients, our, their projects. And when things not going as smooth as we expected, or especially the factors out, uh, out of uh, our control, I think it is just be open communicate well, it serves much better than avoid, uh, you know, um, that difficult conversation and trying to just brush through, you know, uh, or under the rug. It's you are actually more under distress doing that, you know, situation. But once you open up and you give clients, you know, this is the situation, we understand this is not, um, you know, ideal situation but we come up with uh, certain you know options or or solutions and just be open just show them you're willing to solve res- get everything resolved and trying to help them um, get the, their ideal outcome and i just feel everybody at least we we work with have be much more understanding and they they, they work with us so i think it's just work through those uh, Uh, situations because for the most of the time we always go back to our clients get our post project feedback and for the most time we always got a glowing you know feedback and clients is really appreciative and very professional appreciative Um, so whenever we have that not so you know there's a constructive feedback and um, not really bad but for us it's like wow that's pretty, you know, that's uh a, a opportunity for us to look at our process and our, um, you know, solutions. Uh, maybe it's something we can, and we take that very seriously. We have internal discussion, we figured out uh, um, options and, and resolutions, and we get back to the client, show them our plan in the future. And it's always, you know, much better after that. So it's just work through those situations one by one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's great that you are taking your staff along because we were talking earlier about we reach for the highest branch we can see. So mm-hmm. when someone models to us what's possible, we realize we have choices. So many people just try to imitate someone else who they see as successful because they think that's what it looks like. And so, the more we can show that there are multiple paths to success, the more someone can identify with the path that works for them.
1: You know, sometimes you gain the confidence from your personal journey, personal, uh, you know, experience. Sometimes you can gain confidence from others' uh, experience and you, you learn from it. And so, we as a team, we just learn from each other, learn together <laughs> through those uh, situations. I was talking earlier
0: on uh, Instagram Live about the difference between leadership, mentoring, managing, and coaching. And all four of those are important. But I think what a lot of people, often use these terms interchangeably, but leadership looks like helping people to see more clearly, modeling things, blazing the trail for them. Right. And I, I just really love that you've been out there and willing to do it, willing to leave the profession, willing to say, I value what women bring and I want to build a practice around those issues, willing to stand up to clients and help them understand the issues more clearly than you ever could if you were just a sycophant saying yes to whatever they ask for.
1: Yeah. And I think when, after I worked with, uh, in several architecture firms, you know, I was fortunate. I I, f- I feel like those are great firms. Uh, you know, I learned a lot, but I also learned a lot what not to do, <laughs> you know? So I think as a business owner, it's such a great opportunity for to create the culture that you want to be in. And so it's just, a, you know, opportunity just to just capture your own core value and trying to carry on to, you know, the entire team. So everybody feel they are appreciated, they are encouraged, they are supported in this team. I feel like we have a, this distinctive uh culture that um I've never been in. Most of, I mean, our team members said the same thing. They work in other uh, companies and this is the company they feel really supported and, and have their you know, trying to help them to reach their full potential. For me, it's just getting up every day, work with this amazing woman. <laughs> it's, it's such an honor and also a huge responsibility as a leader. Yeah, it really is
0: a win win when you can set is, that. Yeah. Up.
1: Last question What advice
0: would you give to someone who is listening to this and saying, Yes, I love what I'm hearing, but I don't know what my next step should be. How do I find the mentor I need? How do I figure out what resonates with me?
1: Well, they can, you know, they can go to you, I think can. <laughs> okay, you you are you are such a example, um shiny example in our industry that can be very honest have offered that honest, guidance and you have I've listened to some of your episodes just pretty amazing that and your clarity about the profession about uh, how to balance life and work and find somebody like yourself to be the mentor be be the coach walk through this uh, journey and I'll be happy if somebody um, a working mom wants to just share their experience, want to, um, you know, talk to me, I'll be happy to talk to, you know, your audience as well. But in the meantime, find out just sitting back and thinking about your career goal and your life goal, lifetime in life, your goals in life, what's the best path you can fulfill in both? So many ways. And I am such an active uh, reader and a podcast listener. And i always trying to learn and from other people's experiences. So I encourage everybody to do the same. And there's a lot of possibilities out there. And everybody has the potential to reach their, their purpose and, and their skill set in the same path. Thank you so
0: much for those beautiful, inspirational words and your tremendous compliments. We all love what you're doing. You really are a bright light out there. How can people reach you if they want to learn more or maybe
1: hire you for your services? I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, So Jean Johnson, my company's name is Prism Renderings. And so I also have my contact information over there. I'll be happy to talk to anyone about the work or our service and anything in between. (laughs) Well, great. Thank you so much. And everyone, If
0: you really enjoyed what Jing had to say, go ahead and post about it on LinkedIn and tag her. I know she would really appreciate hearing your feedback on all of this. This was really inspirational, and you gave us so many gold nuggets here about what it means to follow your own path, what it means to hold steady in your integrity, even when it's hard. And why we don't have to be afraid of the things that feel hard to do.
1: Once you work through it, um, you will be just, you feel so much better about your choices and your career. Yeah. And it always works out for the
0: best. I think that's the important lesson. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was just wonderful to have you as a guest. And I really enjoyed our conversation today.
1: Thank you, Angela. Me too.